You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back here on the KCSN. I have a very special guest with me. Joining me again is Sophie Dilly. I appreciate you for showing up on the pod once again. And I know we just going to dive right into it, girl. It's been... I've been sad. <laughs> I, I, I've been sad. I've been sad. Uh, honestly... In the in in my mind, I think we all knew that we were living off borrowed time when it comes to K State women's basketball and the games that they've had to play without Yoki until she's fully recovered from her ankle surgery, right? But I feel like because it's such a it's just a completely different tone from where I was last week. But I I knew I like I knew we were living off borrowed time and some chickens came to roost in the last two games with both L's on the road against Oklahoma and Texas. And now K State went from being undefeated for like 14 games straight. Uh and then two game losing streak to now being tied second in the Big Twelve. Sophie, I'm hurt. I'm really hurt. Right. Well, and, you know, I had my radio show last night, and it's like my co-host and I discussed. Um, we kind of figured we wouldn't go 29-1. I mean, only the most elite of teams do things like that. Like, South Carolina does something like that. And I was like, we could, but it, that's not super realistic. But we haven't lost since November, right? So I think we forgot what losing felt like. And it was almost a slap back to reality of like, hey, you guys aren't invincible, and there's no days off in the Big 12. And so... Definitely a really tough week to swallow, especially with two losses, but they're not bad losses. And I think that's what everybody's kind of losing track of is they think that our season is just over now. And it's like, wait, hold on. These aren't bad losses and there's still so much to come in this season. They're not they're not bad losses at all, but I'm like, damn, to at least go like undefeated in the 12 to be complete other champions of the Big 12 in the regular season. Yeah. It's like, I know at one point, like being conference champions was like the ceiling <laughs> essentially but now we've seen this team and we've seen that this team progress defensively even offensively before Yoki got hurt I'm like oh okay so honestly they can they can very well reach past being conference champions and I'm not saying that is completely gone I am not saying that whatsoever people out there listening do not get it twisted I'm not saying that whatsoever but it's something like Obviously, like you said, some of these aren't bad losses. I agree, but dang, we really need Yoki back, and it'd be nice to have her back quickly. Because <laughs> you know, I was reading the stats last week. I, you know, we were we were hanging on. We were still getting wins. You can never be mad at a win, but it wasn't as you know dominant as we saw at the start of the season and at the start of conference play. You know what I mean? You had teams that are not even touching fifty-eight points. <laughs> Or, you know, every every time they played that K-State defense, that's, you know, obviously wasn't the case after Yoki left. Of course, you had K- KU, they scored, I think, what did KU score? I had that pulled up before. But, K- but K-State was able to, you know, still handle KU, even though they were hanging around for a bit. They got the 58 points. So, yeah, they were still they were still hanging around a bit until K-State started to pull away. 
Then obviously, you know, you still have Baylor, and that was a game where we were down, but we found a way to pull back in and win that one as well. Then BYU, where we were pretty much getting ate up by Lauren Gustin, which I know for a fact, because she had 25 points and 21 rebounds. I know for a fact, Yoki would have packed her up, and those would not have been those numbers for her. And then you keep going to Oklahoma, losing that game. What it was it? The 65 to to 63 or 66 to 63 is a three-point loss things like that and then obviously texas being uh being a six-point loss in that game as well it's just that like i said sophie like it's 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 borrowed time that these teams were able to you know exploit us being a little bit smaller in the paint now they know our six foot six queen is no longer you know being you know the brick wall that she is the defensive brick wall that she is and of course, that field goal percentage going down when she went out as well. And that's just something that they've been trying to figure out. And they have been figuring it out in those games that I just listed prior to Oklahoma. But unfortunately, that that kind of just ran out a little bit when it got to Oklahoma and to Austin and Texas. Right. And I think for me, the first game that I really remember noticing the absence of Lee's size specifically, the KU game somewhat but really, it was that BYU game. We got ran. And I mean, the fact that we won by, what, two points at home? And see, that would have been a bad loss. If we would have lost that game, I would have been much, much more upset than I am right now. But I'm in atrocious. Um, Gustin was so good. You, I mean, her and Aoka Lee would have battled. It would have been great. But she, she ran the show. BYU just didn't have any support for her. So that's why we won that game. That's where I started to notice. Um, the size hurting us the most, but specifically with rebounds and defense. I think that's where, um, you know, we have so many players that can dabble in scoring and specifically that outside shot, but we just don't have the size. And then during Texas, they tried to overcompensate by running a zone, but then you run into the fact that when you run a zone, you don't have a person to put a body on um, for rebounds and they were getting all these second chance points. And so they're doing what they can to adjust, but it just feels like there's not necessarily an answer until she comes back, right? Like the zone works to stop them. It doesn't work for rebounding man-to-man. We don't match up well against these bigger players without her, but we can rebound. So, I mean, I don't envy Jeff Minnie and his staff at all for trying to figure out what to do because, I mean, really, they're, they're doing a decent job. Obviously, you know, we've won a lot of games without her, but they're really doing what they can just to hang on until she comes back. And it is. And Sophie, I'm so glad you brought up the zone defense because this was a team who was focusing on man-to-man straight-up defense all season compared to last season to where they brought that 2-3 zone from hell and it, and it would work so well for them. And now they changed up from being the man-to-man defense. And they were doing that against Baylor. And that's when they you know, saw themselves being down 13. And then they switched to that 2-3 that zone in the second half. And that, and that was able to work for them. And then, of course, you keep going, and they they pull that out against BYU as well. And once again, you had Lauren Gustin absolutely eating in the paint with the numbers that I just said, the numbers that she just had. And then that that can that continued on. That continued on when you when you looked at um, Oklahoma. That continued on a lot more, like you said, against Texas. They they pretty much did like a two or three zone essentially the entire game because like one v one they don't match up as well, especially when it comes to them being in the paint and. Goodness gracious, we like. I feel like we were just getting ate up on the boards, <laughs> I, like against Texas. Every time we seem like we get a stop, they were able to to get an offensive rebound, and it pretty much just you know sets us back in a game that we were ne- like never really led in the first place. 
And, you know, they were able to get closer in the fourth quarter just because the team has no quitting them. But it, it was just it was just one of those things. It's like, and it was a tough game the first time, even with Yoki. Like, and how and how that was. So to be without her in this one, you knew it was going to be a tough game. You knew Texas's defense, their man defense is suffocating. We just couldn't match that, especially without Yoki and the presence that she brings, especially defensively. And no one can there, and no one on Texas can match up with her. But once you have her out, that, that's when you have these struggles. K State had 30 rebounds in that game to Texas's, what, 30 31. And I'm trying to see where I can find the total of offensive rebounds. Yeah, they had 13 offensive rebounds to K State's nine. I like the one is when games at some point can come with me like between like single digits or you feel like you're about to claw your way back into this one. It's just they get another offensive rebound and another offensive rebound. We we've seen we've seen this show before in several times when if it's a women's team, if it's the men's team especially, it's just it's just a killer. And that's something that would have been snuffed out if if um Yoki was obviously you know still healthy during these games. But not saying that K State is not incapable of doing that. They like they have bodies down there. It's just a collective team effort. And unfortunately, like, you know, team other teams, opponents are really catching on to that. That's why it's been hard these last two games. Right. And I mean, Imani Lester's been doing a good job down there. Eliza Moffin obviously had a really good game against Texas. We know that Baylor game was her breakout. I'm sure you've talked about that previously. But she had 18 against Texas. She led our team in scoring, which I guess I didn't realize, but they kept running that baseline cut with her. And that was open nine times out of 10. And I mean, we read it a lot, but Texas never seemed to pick up on that. So I'm shocked we didn't do that a little bit more. But just looking at this stat sheet, I mean, usually we see a lot of players, you know, up in like eight, nine, even those double digits. But we had two double digit players, a couple with eight. And then we had a lot of zeros on the board for players that almost always have, you know, a few free throws, something, a layup in there. And that hurt us too. We just, we could not find the bottom of the net. I hate to be that person that's like, oh, we just weren't shooting well. If we would have made the points, if we would have made half the baskets we shot and missed, then we probably would have swept Texas by like 10. But it's just like these outside shots that they had these great looks, but they just weren't going in. And that, that really hurts a team when you're battling so hard defensively and then you can't even buy yourself a basket. I mean, what do you even do with that? You know? Exactly. Like, because we know that the defense travels when offense is not being, you know, is not up to par like you would might want to, you know, on a nightly basis. And that's something that has happened throughout this entire season. When KZ hasn't had a great night offensively, you could always trust that that gap goal was going to be up in the air every third possession. Right. But then that's just a little bit differently when it comes to, you know, these better teams who are really finding you out because of a good portion of some of that offense and that. Field goal percentage came from Yoki, right? But like I said, it can't just all be on one person. And that's just how it is. And the shots, like you said, so they just weren't falling for K-State against Texas. They were 19 for 53. And I'm trying to see that percentage is, what, 30, 35.8%. And, you know, some of the players who rely to be, you know, a little bit more like still scoring prowess and just shots not falling in. Like Jalen Glenn, who's been really big with a big force, especially on the round the three-point line. She was able to get eight points, but she shot three for 13. You can't tell me any any baller out there wouldn't be frustrated as hell to read three for 12. Like three for 12. You, cause you're like you shooting 12 shots and you only made three of them. Obviously, that's how that works because duh. But it's just it's it's that frustrating thing. Obviously, Gabby Gregory, she got in foul trouble early in that game against Texas. She was 0 for 6. She finished the game with zero points. 
that's the most shocking thing to my mind. And then obviously, Briley Glenn, she finished the game with zero points as well. She only took two shots. When Briley Glenn is going to the basket, that just brings a completely different element to this team. Because you, then you have Serena Sundell, who obviously likes to get into the paint and get, and get her shot. But then once you have Briley Glenn, who likes to drive to the basket as well, that's going to be another thing for people to try to stop. You know what I mean? And, and that's just what wasn't what was going on. It's, yeah, right. Well, and just even doing the math, like when you look at our, our field goal percentages, Eliza Moppin was seven for seven. But other than that, we didn't have a single player that shot over 50%. And usually, you know, your team percentage is never going to be over 50. That's a crazy number. But usually you can have individual players who are scratching for those numbers and can get those. And I mean, yeah, when you're reading three for 12, two for six, oh for six, two for seven, like those are really, really tough numbers. That's just a tough shooting night. In our defense, I mean, holding Texas to 61 isn't terrible. You know, I mean, we wish we could have done better, but at the same time, when you put that into perspective, it's like, wait a second, we've scored 100 points how many times this season? And tonight we only scored 54. Like, that was almost the red flag in my mind when you start looking at the stat sheet. Absolutely. And we're going to deep dive into this a little bit more in the second half of the show. But first and foremost, do not forget to hit up homefieldapparel.com get your shirts get your hoodies get whatever the hell you think you might need because home field apparel got it at homefieldapparel.com we'll be right back on run it back we appreciate you supporting kc sports network by listening to our podcast you have helped us become the highest ranked chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023 and don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter the best written analysis you can find on the chiefs straight to your inbox every day acsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Run It Back. And of course, we were talking before this little skid that K-State women's basketball is, go- is, like is going in right now. I think they dropped to what? I think what? Number eight? In in the rankings after these after these two straight losses, of course, one to Oklahoma on the road, who Oklahoma now leads the Big Twelve in the standings, and then of course Texas, we lost there in Austin, which we knew was going to be a tough game anyway. But I was really kind of hoping that we pull that game out uh, against Oklahoma, so where we can like, all right, we can spare a loss to Texas, even though none of these losses are bad losses, but you'd still like to be able to stay top of the standings in a tough conference such as the Big 12. But obviously, the season's not over. We have, what, seven more games left in conference, and then you have the conference tournament in Kansas City. So 
there's several, several chances to for K-State to either win the regular season or at least win the tournament, right? Because now who they got up next, they have one more team before the projected time frame that, that Yoki can come back. They will be going up against Oklahoma State. Uh, need to double check on whether that game will be at home or away. That game will be in mid. Yeah. yeah, that 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 is a home game. Uh, Oklahoma State. I'm not. They're not scrubs. I'm not saying anyone in the Big Twelve are scrubs. But right now they are. Gosh, how many teams are in the Big Twelve now? What fourteen? Yeah, two. They are. I want to say. Tenth. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they are tenth in the Big Twelve right now. Sorry, I had to count. It's not as easy when it was just ten teams. Um, but it was uh, right now they're tenth. They're standing at a record of four and seven in the Big Twelve on a five-game losing streak. I'm just saying, if they they don't, I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to call this a bounce-back game because I don't want to be disrespectful. Because I can't fully say because I haven't watched a single bit of Oklahoma State basketball all season, right? But It'd be nice if this was a game that could really get our lady's confidence back up, knowing if possibly that Yoki might be back against Iowa State. If we can have her back by Iowa State, that would be fantastic. But you never know with these injuries. It was a the best case scenario was four weeks, and four weeks marks you know Valentine's Day against Iowa State. But you never really know in these cases. But there was any time where. A nice little bounce back win, it would be against Oklahoma State. Right. And what a timely um, you know, time for this game because like you said, you don't you don't ever count a team out. I mean, we saw that with BYU. BYU's in the bottom of the standings and they almost beat us at home, right? Um, but it's it's a good game to play right now because we do need to get back on track per se. We're not off track. We're still top ten in the nation, still top of our conference, but if you keep snowballing losses, then it is going to get out of hand. So here's the time where you lock back in. You're in front of your home crowd. Bramlage has been insane this year, Jasmine. It's just been so much fun. And so to play in front of, you know, nine, 10,000 people, you're going to be able to circle back in a little bit. And I know Jeff Minnie said on Monday night at his coach's show that Anika Lee is going to be doing some of those mob- mobility tests this weekend. And they're just really trying to see, is she capable of coming back? You know, she's been playing a little bit of basketball recently, but they just really have to know, can she come back or not? They'll know after this weekend. And so that's a good feeling as fans to know it will just have answers. You know, at this point, it's like we want her to come back, but I just want to know either way because I get so tired of that she could come back this time. She might be back. We just want to know for sure so that you can almost make a plan for what happens in the next few games. But a great opportunity against Oklahoma State. Um, I know I'll be there and I'm really excited to watch us play and hopefully we can uh, have a little bit more of a hot hand on the offensive side because otherwise um, I would have a, a few more concerns. And because we, because the thing is like we're concerned, but we know that like, especially because we know like how good they are and how good they can be without Yoki. We know that Serena is going to give you double digits nightly. We like, we're like, we're not worried about her. We know that Eliza Maupin has, Turned out that she can step up in this absence of Aoka Lee, right? And we saw her against Texas. They didn't, for some reason, Texas didn't figure out how she was, how they were able to get her cut into the basket and having her pretty much an open shot every time. 
and I don't know something against with Eliza Moppin going up against ranked teams. She's just and it's against ranked teams from the field. I think she's a hundred percent. I don't think she missed against Baylor, and she didn't miss against Texas, right? So obviously we've seen Eliza Moppin in the absence of Aokali. Cool, we got that checked off. But there's some things where we want to see more from other people. Like I know Gabby hasn't been the most prolific scorer this season that she's been last season. I know she's been battling injuries essentially all all this season. She had shoulder injury. She had a wrist injury on her shooting hand. And obviously, I think it was the last game against Texas at home. She, you know, tweaked her ankle a little bit. So obviously, she's a warrior. She's literally the toughest person on the team. You see that night in and night out when she's on the floor. But it's some of that scoring prowess that is really been lacking and it kind of just been highlighted per se with with Yoki out it's it's something that can't like unfortunately her being not as um offensive as she was last year without you know without Yoki and once again you're out without Yoki again where you know you need to step up a little more unfortunately we, we just have not seen that I'm not saying that she's not capable of because we've literally seen it with our with our own eyes we've seen her do it several several times and it was just, you know, one of these, especially these, what, four-game, six-game stretches that, you know, we'd like to see her step up a little bit more. But still, we have a lot of game left, a lot of season left where she's still going to be able to do that. If you if, like, if like someone tells me that Gabby Gregory will go off for 28 points on Saturday against Oklahoma State, am I going to bat an eye? No, because that's not going to be – that wouldn't be surprising to me at all. But it's just one of those things, that, like, you know, you just need some of those people to help step up because we've obviously seen Serena Sundell. She's done it the entire season. You saw Eliza Mopping given her opportunity. She's able to step up. You just, you know, need a little a little bit more of that to be the team that I know that they are capable of and they know that they're capable of. No, you're exactly right. Like you said, we know what Gabby Gregory can do. Um, it, it's just hard to watch her struggle like this because you know she's such a good player. And she's yet to really have a turnaround. That OU game at home, I thought she played extremely well. I know she had double-digit points and kind of had something to say against her old team. That's really the only game where we've seen a glimpse of old Gabby. And I, like I say, I know it's more frustrating for her than it is for anyone else. But, I mean, even defensively, she just hasn't been the same. And she's had so many injuries. Jeff Mitty's talked about that. Um, but like you said... You never really notice it until we need someone to step up. And then you're like, oh, man, like if only we had, you know, vintage Gabby, right? And she wasn't struggling with wrist injuries and ankle injuries and everything like this. That's changing the way that she has to play basketball. Um, but on the other hand, we've had Zayana Walker step up. I mean, she's she's excellent, right? We've talked about the fact that you forget that she's a redshirt freshman because she plays with maturity well beyond her years. And she's just so impressive to watch. One that has faded into the background a little bit is Taryn Sides, but, you know, she's a freshman. We've seen her do some different things, but she just hasn't had the playing time. I mean, she's, you know, averaging, I mean, eight minutes at most per game now when we've gotten into the the real meat of conference play. And so she just hasn't had the looks and the opportunities to shine like she did in the non-con. Gisela Sanchez has seemed to have found her shot against Baylor. She had an insane game. Um... OU, she played really well. Texas, she didn't play much. Um, I have to look here. She played 13 minutes. But if you remember the end of that Texas game, I mean, the deal was pretty sealed. We knew we were going to lose that basketball game. But she had a three and then turned around and had a block, a steal, and then a layup it, within like a minute and a half of each other. So there's glimpses of Gisela that she can be really great, but she's not a center. And that's what 
hurts about her is that she's being forced to play in a position um, that isn't natural to her. It's like Ish Masood, my freshman year of K-State basketball. He wasn't a center. He's yeah. a power forward, but he had to play the five. And Giselle is in the same spot. Um, but I feel like she's kind of adapting to that role. And Jeff Mitty said that she's really starting to develop her shot a little bit more. So I'm just hoping to see more from players like that specifically that can help us turn around the offensive woes we've had the last couple games. And honestly, with like, because what that being said, because like, Sophie, you are so right. Because when they're putting her to, in that five spot, obviously, like, that's that's not her natural spot. When she's having to defend down low against, you know, a bigger body, a, a genuine post player, obviously, we've seen that not necessarily work in her favor. She, you know, sometimes, you know, she's going to get in early foul trouble. Or, you know, in, at least on the offensive end, you know, she's going to bring that center out great. And sometimes they drive to the basket. Other times they shoot the three and it's an easy rebound for, for the opposing team just because you're like every everybody is spread out. Everyone is spread out past the three-point line because Gisela Sanchez does bring that off, offensive threat because she, she can knock down the occasional three, right, and the occasional mid-range. And it's just with this thing because like, she's doing so well with this. And now I wonder... Because obviously you still need to give Gisela minutes. She's earned minutes, obviously, right? But I guess, you know, with these next couple of games, especially with Oklahoma State, once again, a little iffy whether or not Yoki will be back by Iowa State. But I wonder if, you know, this game against Oklahoma State, maybe you want to try starting Eliza Moppin. You know that she's going to win. She's going to win the tip off because no one can out jump her. And she's <laughs> bringing that extra energy to where... Yeah, she can put she can put the ball. She we we saw her like she's able to put the ball on the floor and actually attack the basket. We kind of saw that a little bit more against Texas, and we saw that a little bit more against Baylor and things like that. So like, okay, she has that confidence dribbling the basketball now. You know what I mean? So if you try to giving like giving that up, she's able to maybe do a couple post moves and and do that. And so I feel like why not try that against against Oklahoma State because you you never know what's gonna happen. You don't know what the lateral movements of Yoki is going to be. Maybe she feels like she needs another week. Maybe she feels like she's good. Or maybe down the line, you're still going to need Eliza Moppin to step up because Eliza does not have, and she didn't, she really had any minutes before Yoki got hurt. And that's obviously like once Yoki comes back, you're not going to just plant Eliza back on the bench, or at least I don't think you should because she's proven herself, right? So she's being able to have that extra threat when she's in the game, especially if or if not that Yoki comes back. Yeah, we do need Eliza. We're going to need her, um, you know, deep into March because Aoka just can't play the minutes that she did before she had her knee surgery. We've seen that. She had to ease back in this entire year. And then to take three or four weeks off, she's going to have to ease back into it, obviously at a much quicker pace. Um, but she's still not going to be able to play all 40 minutes of a basketball game. And Jeff Mitty has expressed that multiple times. And so when she goes out, we need someone to come in. And we've had Imani Lester in there quite a bit when Aoka was playing. Um, and we've seen good things from her. The Texas game, she only had one point. But um, the fact that she had four rebounds, a couple blocks, a couple steals. I mean, she played really well in that game. But Eliza has earned the playing time that she's getting. You know, we all questioned, why, why haven't we seen her at all this year? And Jeff was like, be patient. She just hasn't quite earned those minutes yet. And then she came in and showed us hey, you need to play me more. And his staff was like, hey, okay, if you're going to play like this, we can't justify benching you. And so I totally agree. Maybe you start her on Saturday. Um, she certainly earned that spot and she just continues to develop. And seeing these higher level situations for her is just making her a better basketball player. And nothing is going to get easier from here on out. We see a lot of great teams 
um, the rest of our season. We're going to see all the best teams again in the Big 12 Conference. And then hopefully we run deep into March. And when you get down to Elite Eight, Final Four, talking those numbers, you're going to be playing good basketball teams. So we need every single person to develop and play the best basketball that they can here down the stretch. Absolutely. And also, I guess that brings a, uh, brings it again, because when you mentioned Terrence Sides, I remember she she struggled um, in the first game against Texas at home. She came in. She, this is Terrence Sides, who rarely turns the ball over. She's super smart with the ball. But Texas's defense, they kind of had her rattle a little bit. I think like the first minute that she was in, she had a turnover, which is very unusual for Terrence Sides. And I know this stretch right here, we haven't we haven't seen a whole lot of her. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of Terrence Sides in this stretch without Yoki, where you think you know you want to dive in more to this very deep bench that we have, right? The deepest that we've had in years, if like if like if not like you know whole decades, you know what I mean? I don't know the history of all you know K State women's basketball, but this is a really deep bench that we have now. And Terrence Sides was a huge part of that throughout the non-conference season and even to start the conference season. It was just against that first Texas game is where she struggled, and we haven't seen her whole a whole bunch. And she played, what, five minutes against Texas again this past weekend. I think she had, what, one assist and one turnover. That was, yeah, that's enough time for for playing just five minutes. You know what I mean? And like I said, I, I'm not I am not counting out Oklahoma State whatsoever. I'm not ignoring them. I'm not ignoring the type of players they have, the type of coach they have. Hell, Emily Everett is on that team, okay? And we, and we see how well Emily Everett can play. Right. So this is like this is not the time to sleep on nobody. But if this is a time to where like, hey, you know, y'all like, y'all need to like to like buck up or shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's just like that's like that's what you have to do. And every single person on that team is going to have to prove it. Not just Serena Sundell, even though she doesn't need to prove a damn thing. Not just Gabby, not just the Glenn twins, not just not, not just Gisela Sanchez, even though she's proven a lot these couple of stretches without Yoki. Everybody top to bottom can can step up and I think if this is the time it is literally going to be this weekend you have the home crowd behind you you have you're still a top 10 in the country you know Yoki's just around the corner but now you've seen like hey you never know what can happen in this sport somebody goes down it has to be the next man up and that does not necessarily just one individual person it means everybody needs to be able to step up and you know no matter how tough your non-conference schedule is there's something about playing in big 12 play i mean we played ranked teams power five teams in non-con obviously but when you get into the dog days of the season you're in the middle of grinding through a conference like the big 12 it's just a different type of play and i think that's some play that you know maybe some of these players weren't ready for they just need a little bit more maturity and time and that's where you can develop you know tearing sides and stuff and prep them for next season but in terms of this season we have so many players that can dabble and we need them to do so. And this town is so high on this basketball team right now. I mean, our men's team is having a good season too, but this women's team is fueling the town of Manhattan. It's just so much fun here. You know, people are coming to the Jeff Mitty show. Obviously, we're having almost sold out Bramlage. I mean, Jasmine, you know, from last year, you worked a lot of the games. I mean, the crowds were so sparse. It was tough. There was, you know, 1,500 people there to watch him and, and we're quadrupling that this year. So, um, I'm just so glad that they're back this Saturday, and I don't think they realize how much that this community will rally around them. I mean, two losses, who cares? We're going to come in, hopefully grab a win on Saturday in front of, you know, 10,000 people, and we're going to be back rolling because the anticipation for this team is just so high. 
um, we don't want to put pressure on them, but we just want them to know that we are behind them. And this is a town full of women's basketball fans, me included. So I'm just so excited to get back to it on Saturday. Absolutely. And as everyone should, like this, this is Manhattan's team this year. Like no, like no one else is, is dethroning them. They are, I've said it every single week. It feels like on the show, but they are the best team in Manhattan. It, it's hands down. It's not even close. And I know people will still show up for this team. They should, if there's anyone who be like, Oh no, they lost two in the row. I'm not coming next Saturday, man. Shut the hell up. You were never a fan in the first place. If there's anyone out there that's like that. Okay, but I don't think there is because when Manhattan, when K-State is doing good at anything, people, for a fact, do show up and they always do show up, especially when they're just eating like this K-State women's team. So I, I'm I'm not worried. Like, I'm not worried about it. Yes, it was a little concerning of these two losses, but like you said, Sophie, and I completely agree with you, they weren't bad losses. But now this is also time to be like, all right, now it's time to pick up the pace a little bit. This is the dog days. Of, of this big 12 conference schedule this is like literally they, this is the meat like like this is the meat of it and this in the conference started out tough yeah we like we had games we had back-to-back games of oklahoma then ku then baylor then texas and stuff like that so now those are you know making its way back around and these teams got these film and we're you're a you know all american player short yes it's going to be just like this and what are you gonna do about it and this is the time to show exactly what the hell they're going to do about it. And I have the utmost confidence of them. And Sophie, I think you have the utmost confidence in them as well. Absolutely. Like I said, I, I'm just super pumped to get back into Bramlage on um, Saturday and show them how much we are confident in them. Because, yeah, this team is not to be underestimated. I mean, top 10, obviously, we were sitting two at one point. I guarantee that we'll be back top five here at the end of this week. The, the ceiling is a national championship. I mean, I don't know what we're talking about with a conference championship. I mean, we can compete with anyone in the nation. So we need to keep that mentality of, you know what? We are that good at basketball. Absolutely. All, all these teams, they go through something at some point. South Carolina wasn't always undefeated. They're undefeated this year, but they weren't last year. All right, and all these other teams, LSU wasn't always undefeated. They got losses under their belt this year, too. Same thing goes with Iowa. A lot of these top teams going through the same thing that K-State is doing now. It's just the fact of what the hell are you going to do about it after it happens. And now we're just going to sit back and find out what the ladies are going to do, and we have the utmost confidence in them. But, guys, that has been it for Run It Back. Appreciate y'all for hopping on, for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. After K-State plays Oklahoma State this Saturday, and then we'll see what goes on with Yoki being back, hopefully, by Iowa State. But until then, y'all be easy. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.